They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks Like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend Is it right or wrong And I'll be a bourbon legend Long after I'm gone Howdy there, I'm Matt McKinley and we're burning daylight. Howdy folks, hope everybody's doing well today. Coming to you a little later in the day than usual, but kind of a busy morning and I was on equipment and just wasn't real conducive to record a podcast. So, here we are now. Anyway, I was kind of looking through the news and everything on that was kind of depressing and nothing super funny that I could find and uh, so I ain't gonna mess with the news today it's all kind of a downer so who needs that shit in their life let's have some fun I think I'll tell you some stories about some of the, the real characters I've met over my years working in the feedlot or ranch work just uh, some just some funny characters whether I liked them or not you know, these, these folks tend to be pretty goddamn funny, so that's what I'm going to talk about today. Hope you like it. Uh, thanks for thanks for all the shares and the likes and the follows, and and of course, to li- uh, for listening, that, that's the biggest thing, and uh, boy, it's been just pretty, pretty amazing, the, the feedback I've got, so thanks for everything and uh, keep telling your friends and whatnot and I'll I'll keep the stories coming and hopefully you keep liking them so with that I'm gonna tell you about a little guy named Esteban Diaz or Steve as he was known at Grant County feeders I don't know how he doesn't own that place at this point he's been there so long I want to say he started there when he was 18, and when I started working there in 2009, he'd already been there for like 35 years, or right, just shy of 35 years, I believe, and he was, uh, he worked on the hospital crew, he was a doctor there, and that's pretty well what he had done his entire career, so... He had some really good stories. He was a funny, hard-working little man, and uh, he's a Mexican immigrant. I don't know. I believe he had a citizenship, but I don't think he came over legally. I don't know for sure, but I don't really care either because the more people like Steve Diaz we have over here, the better off we are. He was a guy would do a job. He would work hard and not not complain and just just put his ass to work and and he was happy with it so i don't i truly don't give a shit if he came over legally or not he was a good guy and and anybody that thinks otherwise i'll uh i'll throw your ass in the octagon right now and uh as uh my buddy ruben says catch these chingasos coming your way so he'll be the first guy i'll tell you about today
So one of the funny things about Steve was that he had, <laughs> he was just the way he went about things. He was just kind of a quirky, quirky little fella. And he would go back to Mexico every summer and, uh, and visit family and whatnot. And he was getting ready to leave and I gave him 50 bucks and said, hey, give me bottle of tequila I said whatever the best bottle of tequila you can get for 50 bucks I said uh, you know 40 bucks for the tequila and keep 10 for your for your trouble and he said okay I'll, I'll do it and he gets back about two weeks later I think is how long he was gone and he hands me a bottle of Jose Cuervo especial and I was like, well, thanks, Steve. But I can get that at the liquor store. And he said, I know. I bought it at the liquor store. I forgot to get your tequila in Mexico. That's <laughs> a son of a bitch. Oh, all right, well, I guess you're going to have to drink it with me now. And But he wouldn't do it. He said it because it's not good tequila. And I, well, what the hell? That's what I wanted was good tequila. He failed me, Steve. But he always had these funny stories because uh, he'd been at that place for so long. He'd seen so many people come and go and uh, seen some really good hands, seen some, you know, really good managers, and then just see some just shit quality people. But, and his funniest stories were always about animals. And uh, he told me about this one. It was a... Uh, they pulled it it was a buller which for the non-ag people again that's uh when the steers get to riding each other and uh they they'll usually kind of pick on one and typically that one's a little sick and they can so they just they pick on the weakest of the bunch almost and uh they get pretty vicious about it I and mean, they'll they'll ride one all the way to the ground and uh you know and he'll if you if you don't get them pulled out and out of that pen, they'll uh, they'll pretty much ride him into the ground. And he'll be dead in a couple days. So anyway, they they got this one that bulled pretty bad. Brought it up to the hospital, and he what did he? Ha oh, he had one of those. He had a great big like blood abscess on his on his back over his tail head, where they you know where they were mounting him, and so it just. Rather than being like a typical abscess with a bunch of pus and whatnot, it's just uh, like blood, and like clotted blood, basically. And so we'd cut it open and scrape it out. And so they did that, and uh, I was asking him one day why why we didn't flush that out with anything. He said, oh, we used to use iodine, but we don't use it anymore because I, uh, I almost burned the, the main hospital down. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? So that the, there comes the story of this buller. So they got him in the chute and they got that that abscess popped and scraped out all the clotted blood and everything. And uh, they open the head gate of the chute and release him and he doesn't move. And so they're, they're poking him, make, you know, trying to get him to step on out of the chute. And he won't go. <clears throat> so they, uh, they go grab the hot shot. And 
I guess for, I didn't realize it at the time, I'd always read the label, but, or I'd, I'd not always read the label, but I'd seen it on the label that, uh, that iodine is flammable. So he reached up and gave that little steer a zap right on the tail. Hey, he was just reaching through the side of the chute and uh, that iodine they'd used to flush out that that abscess ignited and <laughs> that little steer caught on fire and he came out of that chute about 90 mile an hour with Steve running behind him with the fire extinguisher trying to get him put out but because of that that was the last time they ever uh, <laughs> they ever flushed any of their abscesses out at least in the time that I was there they may have started doing it again since I left but when I was there they never did uh, flush any abscesses with uh, with iodine or peroxide or anything just because of that that one incident where Steve about lit the, the barn on fire. So, <laughs> it was always a pretty funny sight just thinking about it. But there was, there was plenty of other Steve Diaz stories I'll tell you in the future. But that was a pretty good one, I thought. Today's show is brought to you, once again, by the D-Bags. Don't be a gunsel. And um, I've had a few comments on what a gunsel is. And uh, typically a gunsel is kind of kind of described as somebody who looks like a cowboy, dresses like a cowboy, but overall don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, uh, and they're pretty prevalent anywhere you go. And some people have different names for them depending on what line of work you're in. But for us in the cowboy world, we call them a gunsel. But anyway, Don't Be a Gunsel is the website started to uh, started with the working cowboy with, who has a sense of humor in mind. And they also have a line of merch that you can buy. Uh, they've got some hats and some stickers and a coffee mug. Uh, you can find them at Don't Be a Gunsel on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you go buy any of their merch, make sure you use the promo code Burning Daylight and get 10% off. It'll help them out. That'll help me out. And you get some cool shit for a little bit cheaper. And their prices are already pretty cheap. So go, I'll go check them out, support them, and uh, use the Burning, uh, Burning Daylight promo code B U R N I N. D-A-Y-L-I-G-H-T. I, uh, I spelled the daylight wrong yesterday because uh, I'm a fucking hand, that's why. But anyway, go check them out. Don't be a gunsel. And one of the other kind of more unfavorable characters I've met along the years was I don't even know the guy's name. He was just a, a truck driver for, I don't know who he, but he was hauling a load out of the Fall City, Nebraska sale barn. And uh, the guy that owned that was a big order buyer for Grant County Feeders. And he was known for just sending some shit type of cattle, just 
It's a lot of like Ozark, Missouri type cattle, fescue, fe you know, round fescue grass, and, and it, you know, you'd have steers coming in that were the frame of like a yearling, about that, that height, but their tail would be dragging the ground. Their head would be the size of, you know, the of a buffalo, and just inbred is all hell. And uh, and he'd, his invoice would say they were averaging like 750, but they they weighed anywhere from 400 to 1100. And so I suppose, yes, technically they did average. 11 or 750 but yeah there it was just a bunch of shit is all it was so this old boy pulls up bumps the scale and starts dumping his load of cattle and we're waiting on him he's taking a while it's the way they did it we waited for him to unload their whole truck and we'd count them all out of that that little load and slant onto the scale and count them off we'd catch a weight ticket for him and then we, you know, we'd go into the office and sign his papers and everything. And so we're waiting on him, waiting on him. He finally kind of comes over. And we, one of my guys started running the, that load up to the scale. And he said, I had one down on the truck. And I got him rolled over onto the, to the ramp. But he laid down and I can't get him up. But I think... I think he, he'll be alright, you get him a bucket of water or something. And uh, I'm looking at this fella and he had to have been, he had to have been 400 pounds if he, you know, if he was a buck 50. And I mean, he was just, he was a massive individual. And he's wearing bib overalls with no shirt under it, so just big, sweaty, shit-covered man tits flopping everywhere. And he's huffing and puffing, and yeah, I think he'd be all right. Just give him a bucket of water, I think. And uh, so I said, okay, we, we counted the rest of them. Head over there, and he's he'd made it off the, the ramp of the loadout chute, and he was in the little tub. And so I, I hop over the fence and try to push him on out and next thing I know he he comes at me and uh, I managed to kind of just stiff arm him a little bit just to just to spin out of his way and he crashed into the the fence of the tub there which you know, was solid sided steel so it kind of knocked him out and then he quivered and died right there and uh, <laughs> one of the one of the other guys, well, we never, we didn't get there in time. If we'd only had a bucket of water, we could have saved him. One of the other fellas that I worked with at Grant County was also a pretty colorful character. But I didn't think so much of him as I do Steve. I didn't dislike the guy, but I definitely didn't like him all that well either. He was just, I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't have a real high opinion of him, but he, 
was named, uh, I won't say his last name just for, you know, I don't want to, I don't want anybody looking him up anything. You never know nowadays, people are weird. So, anyway, we'll call him Cowboy Joe because that's what he called himself. And he was from Watonga, Oklahoma. And he was a just real piece of work. He, uh... <laughs> He was kind of a short, fat fella, and he was real, real proud of himself, and he, uh, he was real proud of, of his horse, that he kept telling us about this horse that his ex-wife owned, and uh, we got entered, Grant County entered, I think, three or four different teams in the Beef Empire Days Ranch Rodeo over in Garden City, Kansas. So we went over and I was on Cowboy Joe's team. And I, I wasn't much of a, a hand with the rope, so I was just kind of there for ground, ground support. And Joe had been telling us for about two weeks how excited he was about this ranch rodeo because his ex-wife was going to be in town. And uh, she was bringing his good horse, which was hers now, but she was going to let him use it. And, uh, and he was just, he was prouder and punched to, to show off his ex-wife, which I, I did not understand any of that because if he was that proud of her, I don't know why he wasn't still married to her, but... Whatever, teach their own. I don't, don't make a shit to me. But so he, we haul, haul uh, over to Garden City, and and Joe's ex-wife meets him there with this this badass horse of his that he was telling us about. And he was a good-looking bay, big stout, flashy, flashy-looking old horse. And we uh, we did not have a very good team. We we missed our, it was like a two loop limit, and my header missed on the doctrine, and uh, so I necked him, and then my, my healer missed on that, so we, we were out on that steer, and then the other team got theirs tied down, but it wasn't very good time, so either how, we take a, we take a no time on that, I guess it was the double mug and not the doctrine. And then we come to the calf branding, and Joe's in there roping, and he brings his calf, and he, he roped it nice, double hocked him, and is dragging him too, and he gets to the gate, and that big old flashy pretty looking bay, bay horse just quit on him, just absolutely quit, and was trying to lay down with him right there in the middle of the arena and in the middle of the Brandon competition. And uh, and so we ended up just dragging the cap across the line by by the rope, just all, us on the ground. And, and old Joe, I worked there for another year almost, and he never lived that down. They, he got so much shit about that horse that couldn't pull a baby calf. <laughs> or that wouldn't pull a baby calf. Not so much that he could. He just wouldn't do it. And I don't know if it was the chalk line that got him or what. But he balked at something. Cause he was, 
he was trucking along pretty good, and then they, yeah, then he just would not go through that gate, and just, and then was trying to lay it down, and, <laughs> oh, Cowboy Joe, did, did, um, he, he didn't live that down while I was still there, but there was another time with him, we were shipping fat cattle, and he was bringing, bringing cattle to the scale, and we had a great big, big uh, ground scale there at Grant County, and you could hold about 50 head of fat steers and uh, about 55 head of fat heifers. So, and I, I got to where I could, I could pretty well guess how many head was on there just by by looking at the weight. And because they, the way feedlots work anymore, everything you're 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 feeding them to 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 a uniform product is basically what you're you're looking at. So you want your steers all to be right around the same size, so that way when they get to the packing house, they don't have to adjust anything. They can just scoop them up, knock them, and go, and, uh, and they don't have to to adjust any of their chains. And so I, uh, all these steers were right around 1,400 pounds when they were shipping to the to the plant, and I could I could guess just just kind of based by the, uh, looking at the weight how many head were on there, and I had Joe convinced that I could just guess by the sound because I had done it enough by that point that. I, I spun that story well enough, it is almost believable if you to somebody with common sense, somebody without common sense, it, it made all the sense in the world, but I had Joe convinced that I I could guess those those cattle just by, by listening to them come up onto the scale. And and he bet me that I couldn't. So first draft so there's 48 head. And I said, well, I can't count because he'd, he'd lost some fingers in a roping accident. And, uh, and so was, I, I've only got three fingers, so I can't, I can't count much higher than eight. And so he, he called over to the guys on the other side of the scale and asked them to get a head count. Sure enough, 48. Son of a bitch. Double or nothing. I'll do it. 50 head, Joe. There's 50 head on there. No, there's more than that. 50 head on the dot. Well, fuck. Double or nothing. How the hell are you doing that? So I'm just that fucking good, Joe. I am that good. And I said, it, it just takes a lot of work to get up in the morning to be this goddamn good every day. So, I, I had him, I had him kind of human mad because not only was it making him look like an ass, but he was losing money on top of that. So, long story short, I ended up winning $160 on him before he finally gave in. But he uh, he was one of those guys that he was late 40s at the time, and he did not like taking orders from a 25 year old punk ass kid just coming out of high school so he he didn't really get along with me that well once i uh 
I moved over to the pin riding side and kind of was supervising over there. We, he did not did not like me one little bit. But he uh, he never got the best of me on any of the of any of the insult contests. You know, just throwing shit back and forth. But he was a, he was another one of those characters that that I'm sure everybody who's worked in the ag industry for very long knows guys like him. So let me tell you about the legend of Ronaldo. Ronaldo is not the real name, but I don't want to, it's kind of an embarrassing story, so I don't want to, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So we'll call him Ronaldo for right now. So anyway, Ronaldo hired on here in Nevada here about a year and a half ago. And uh, he didn't know much. He knew how to ride a little bit. And had attended some Pat Pirelli horsemanship clinics. And uh, that, that's really about all he knew when it came to the horse business. And uh, I wasn't real sure on him, but I didn't have much choice in the hiring process. So... We hired Ronaldo, and there was one, and he was just, more than anything, he was just really slow. Had, uh, had no hustle to speak of. And, uh, that was kind of where I, I butted heads with him, and he didn't know a whole lot, but he was picking, picking stuff up pretty well as far as cattle handling and spotting sick cattle. He was doing okay on that. So, well, maybe it'll work out, but he just never he never had any real sense of urgency or anything like that. But we were we were doing a bunch of uh, re-implants one day. I guess they're not re-implants, just implants in general. And so they had a a pretty full processing crew doing that and and then we had me and Ronaldo and another kid riding pins and we were pretty full at the time it was a pretty busy day so we started riding over on the side where they were processing cattle and they were just finishing up a pin I said okay well we'll just go bring the next pin to you no big deal and so we, we go to pull the pin and we're we're pushing them up and I I go split the the group and 
get them started up the alley and Ronaldo and the other guy were bringing the bringing up the rear and the steer cuts back on on him and Ronaldo goes tearing down the alley in typical Ronaldo fashion which means he was at oh roughly a brisk walk maybe just a touch faster maybe and and of course he doesn't get around the steer so the steer goes all the way to the bottom of the alley and and old Ronaldo has to bring him back and then he leisurely brings him back up and the steer cuts back on him again and so we can play this whole process over it's about a 10 minute process of him bringing this one animal back up and as he's bringing them the second time I said hey if you catch a trot and push that steer up here and don't give him a chance to look back it'll be a lot easier for you well he didn't and sure enough that steer turned around head faked and on by him he went and I was riding a pretty fast little horse that day and so I I kicked him up and went blazing past him and I he only got about another 30 yards from where he'd cut back before I got around him and I took him up there at a lope and into the into the slant he went and it was done so that's how you do that oh Ronaldo kind of looked a little butt hurt and uh, so we we go to grab the next pin and just put them on water so they'll be there waiting for him and look over and Ronaldo is headed down the, the alley in the opposite direction. I said, where the hell is he going? The kid says, I don't know. I said, hey, we're going to pull this pin. He said, I can't. I said, where are you going? I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay, well, that's fine. Go to the bathroom, whatever. And so we, we proceed to pull the pin that we that we wanted, pinned them, and we, we went back to riding. And uh, about 10 minutes later, well, it wasn't even 10 minutes later, just a couple minutes later, we see his old Ford pickup hauling ass down the county road. And the manager at the time, uh, he calls me and said, did you, uh, did you make old Ronaldo quit or did you fire him or what? And I said, no, I don't. He said he had to go to the bathroom. And the manager said, well, he's leaving. I, I saw that. Did he clock out? No. I don't know. I said, his trailer's still at the yard. Maybe, I don't know what the deal is. I said, did he shit his pants? Uh, maybe. So I called him. I said, hey, did you shit your pants or what? Yeah, a little bit. There's no goddamn bathroom in that in that processing shack. No, there never has been. There ought to be a bathroom. No, <laughs> you might want to take a pregame dump before you go riding pins, but okay. <laughs> so, <coughs> not only did Ronaldo have the same steer cut back on him three times, but he uh, he also managed to shit himself in the process. So that was on another one of the really good times with uh, or good stories with memorable characters uh, in my line of work.
Well, that's a few of the characters that uh, I've met throughout my years. There's plenty more, so don't worry. I won't be running out of stories anytime soon. I've met just a lot of, a lot of absolutely hilarious people in my 33 years, and uh, I think the world needs to know about them. So keep tuning in, and I'll uh, I'll keep yakking your ear off. And uh, once again, thank you for all the support and your uh, feedback and your your kind words and everything. Uh, keep it up. It kind of helps keep me going with this deal. Just uh, makes me happy that people are enjoying it, and I think we're on the verge of having quite a big following. So keep it up. Share with your friends, please. I know it takes a little extra to do it, but it sure helps helps my cause out. So if you would share it with your friends on Facebook and. Twitter and Instagram or wherever, just, you know, word of mouth, just <clears throat> let people know I'm out here talking a bunch of nonsense and uh, that sometimes it's kind of funny. So uh, with that, I'm going to wrap. Uh, you guys be careful out there. Make sure you go check out uh, Don't Be a Gunsel on Facebook and Instagram. Go use the promo code Burning Daylight. Get yourself a 10% discount. Get yourself some cool shit. Help uh, help a couple, a couple small time time guys get some get some traction going. So uh, with all that, I'm gonna get so move your ass. We're burning daylight. They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I haunt the honky-tonks Like a worn-out ghost A friend of a friend that right or wrong And I'll be a bourbon legend Long after I'm gone well, Some say that I'm part devil With a long red pointed tail and Some say that I'm just a preacher man won't about the fires of hell the folklore keeps on spreading these days that I'm another shooting star cause there have been several sightings of me by the folks down at the bar they say I'm a bourbon legend if you didn't know I haunt the honky tonks like a worn out ghost a friend of a friend said right or wrong That I'll be a bourbon legend long after I'm gone Now some believe the rumor And others need stronger proof Just give it time and you will find the lies another wasted truth. See, there's 90 ways to judgment day, and I've tasted every one. Now, 
Now when you're all down to your last shot That's the best time to load your gun Start to sound the same In every little town When the sun goes down I'm known by a different name They say I'm a bourbon legend If you didn't know I honk the honky-tonks I go on out go A friend of a friend Said right or wrong That I'll be a bourbon legend Long after I'm gone They say that I'll be your bird.